NL West, SD across the chest, youth movement, really dope ex-prospects, Big Willie, leader of the young pups, they hating on us, watching you them jump up, we ain't care, we ain't scared of nobody, the outfield, mad skills, lottie dottie, Austin Hedges throwing out everybody, we at the ballpark, every game's a party, ignorance is bliss, so we never trip, if the pitching's up the bar, then watch out for the kids, EBT is out here broadcasting, EBT is out here podcasting. Question and answer, James and Patrick, ask them. Question and answer, James and Patrick, ask them. Padres EVT Podcast. Padres EVT Podcast. Greetings and welcome to the East Village Times Podcast. I'm your host, James Clark, and uh, with me as usual is Patrick Brewer. What's going on, Patrick? Uh, nothing much, James. How about you? Uh, nothing much. Just kind of basking in the, the Ryan Schimpf home run yesterday. It was uh, definitely... Uh, Definitely an uh, interesting part of the season so far for the Padres. It uh, pretty much came out of nowhere after Fernando Rodney. Yeah, I I, uh, I can't say I saw that coming. I know uh, Shim's been been getting a hard time of uh, recently from yeah. uh, Padre fans, but I think he uh, made up for it a little bit with that. I mean, still not doing too great on the season, but maybe that'll get him going. I guess we'll have to see. Yeah, no, we'll 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 delve into Shim's numbers a little later, but yeah, it's uh, you know, apparently I guess he owns the Diamondbacks because he says uh, really great success against him in his short career so you know it is what it is baseball is a funny sport sometimes things like that happen and uh you know the Padres will certainly take it a chance to earn the split today and you know go Padres yeah what do, what do you think about tonight you think uh Jared Weaver can get it done yeah it's it's you know he's really surprised me he you know he's gonna make mistakes he's gonna throw those cookies every once in a while that they're gonna just tee off on but He's kind of a frustrating pitcher, I think, for a lot of major leaguers just because of his speed. I mean, it's it's slow, and, you know, contrary to what most people believe, it's not easy to hit something that's 10 miles per hour slower than what you're used to. It kind of keeps you off balance, and he's doing a good job of, of, of keeping uh, keeping hitters off balance. We'll, we'll just have to see what, what he has for the rest of the season. Yeah, I think he's kind of an example of of uh, kind of what knuckleballers uh, benefit from, that, that mm-hmm. difference in speed. And obviously he doesn't, he's not throwing knuckleballs out there. But, yeah, it's just so it's so different from seeing a, a 95, 100-mile-an-hour fastball every time out. Uh, he's out here throwing mid-80s at most. I mean, that's being generous. Probably yeah. more like low 80s. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, he's he's been pretty surprising. I, th- I think – I don't know if this stat is still true, but I think all of his earned runs were on home runs, at least at one point. I don't know if that's still true uh, after his yeah, last no. start. Yeah, he, he's he has a propensity to give up the long ball. I mean, there's just you know he hangs those those uh, slow curves that he has up there, and, and sometimes he tries to to lay him over for a strike. And you know sometimes players tee off on him. It's just it is what it is. You know, at this point, from what we're getting from him, eating innings and mentoring the young players and the staff is, is just it's well worth what the Padres are paying. The is it three million, three and a half? What is he making? Yeah, I think it's three and a half, four. I think three and a half. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so with, with what he's doing, and uh, like you said, he's mentoring the young guys. He's he's a good guy in the clubhouse. I never heard a bad thing about him. So, yeah, he's he's doing what he's got to do, and I have no problem with it. If he's probably gonna give up thirty home runs, but hey, I'm fine with it. <laughs> yeah, you know, hey, we're we're used to. It. We had James Shields, so you know, can't can't be any worse than that. At least he's not gonna be raising hell in, in the clubhouse too bad. Or making uh, what was it twenty mil? <laughs> yeah, or making twenty mil. Yeah. Yeah, and if, you know, he, if, he is, pitches, if he pitches well, hey, maybe they trade him. Who knows? That's, you know, I think that's ultimately what Preller's, you know, what his goal was in, in acquiring Cahill and uh, and Richard and, and Weaver. That 
and Shaquin for that for that matter, you know, if if they can come up and have a decent year, they could fetch some decent prospects for the team come July and, and August. Yeah, no one's expecting these guys to be uh, any sort of headline trade, but if you can get a prospect or two for these guys, I think it's it's what you have to do. It's it's what a rebuilding team should be doing, and I think they're doing that well so far. All yeah, right, so, no, so, definitely. So, did you want to get into our uh, little discussion we had? <laughs> sure, sure. You know, for for those of you that are tuning in, uh, we usually have a guest every week. Uh, this week we're trying something new, or this episode we're trying something new, and uh, Patrick and I are going to just go ahead and uh, talk Padres baseball for our whole podcast, and. Uh, a recent debate came up between Patrick and I uh, regarding the Colorado Rockies. Um, they started off very hot, winning uh, 14 out of their first 20 games. Um, they've lost two in a row now. Uh, they're still in first place, half a game ahead of the Diamondbacks, but um, I tend to think that they're going to fall apart. Uh, Patrick has a lot of confidence in, in the Rockies, so we kind of wanted to go back and forth and, and, and talk about uh, the NL West and, and uh, kind of debate what's going on in uh, in our standings yeah so the the crux of our uh, i guess disagreement we were in a our group chat at east village times we have our, our group chat as any website does um we were talking just about the rockies and i i was confident in them i think they're a good team i think i'm not a rockies fan obviously but i, I, think, <laughs> I think they're much better and i'd rather see them or even the diamondbacks in the playoffs than the dodgers and giants as it is yes. every year um, so yeah, I thought the Rockies were uh, were the were the best of those two, but I think James disagreed. Thought Diamondbacks were a, a better team. So I, I kind of wanted your thoughts, James. Maybe we should rehash that a little bit. Why? Wh- what makes the Diamondbacks a better team? To you? kind of what do they have going on? Do you think the Rockies lack? Uh, you know, I think the Diamondbacks have a little better of a staff, a starting staff. I think Granke makes a difference uh, as far as uh, an ace on the mound. Um, you know, my. It's not necessarily that I think Arizona is a superior team or a excellent team. I think that they're just better than Colorado. Um, at, at this point, I think Colorado is just riding high right now. Um, the hitters haven't started hitting yet. The pitchers are pitching phenomenally. But the weather will flip shortly in Colorado. Hitters will start hitting for the Rockies. And their pitching staff will start to get lit up. And I, I just have to believe that their young staff, with the inning limits that they're going to have, and, um, you know, they have a couple pitchers, uh, relief pitchers um, coming off uh, injuries, uh, Holland and uh, Ottavino. I, I just have to wonder what, you know, whether they can make it through the full summer. That's that's the only thing that, that delays me on the Rockies. You know, I, 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 I appreciate Bud Black as a manager. He gets the most out of his players. That's a veteran group, uh, mostly offensively. I'm just... I'm just cautious on, 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 on where I think the Rockies will finish ultimately. That's that's basically what it's about. Yeah, I think it's fair to be skeptical. I mean, it's a young rotation. There's Kyle Freeland, Antonio Senzatella. Both guys are really making their major league debuts this season. Um, yeah. John John Gray, who's now hurt, is is just just starting out too. He's, he, he pitched last year, but he's still obviously young. Um, a couple other guys, Tyler Anderson, Tyler Chatwood. Um, mm-hmm. Sadly, Chad Bettis is, is not on the team currently. Uh, he's fighting his cancer that – came back after had gone into remission. So that's mm-hmm. that's something maybe they could benefit from that down the road once he gets healthy. Uh, um, yeah, so I think, I think they have a lot of good, interesting pieces in that rotation. And I, I honestly think this is the best rotation they've had in maybe their entire history once it plays out. I mean, they just have so many good young arms, and they have even more down on the farm. So Yeah. Um, no, they're, 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 they're definitely a young, up-and-coming team, and their farm system is, is really good as well. So, you know, I, I don't debate that their their pitchers are, as you say, one of the, the best staff that they've had in a while. It's just the youth kind of concerns me for the future of the team. Just oh, yeah, with definitely. any limits. and Yeah, I mean, just 
you know, they're going to get rocked. There's going to be times where those young pitchers are just going to get rocked in Colorado, and it's about how they recover from that mentally, which will make or break them. Yeah, I agree. I think I think the thing they benefit most from is that they don't even need this pitching staff to be top ten in baseball. They just need them to be good. I mean, average yeah. really, with with how how well that offense hits and playing in course field. I mean, you don't need a pitching staff that's the best in baseball. I mean, they they frequently have a pitching staff that's the bottom of base bottom in baseball. So I think they just need to find that middle ground. And, and with those guys, I think they can do it. Um, Definitely. I think the important thing to look for is their bullpen, though. They got Greg Hall, and they took a chance on him. He's He's been stellar so far this year. Um, Adam mm-hmm. Ottavino's been stellar this year. They signed Mike Dunn, who's been great. Um, mm-hmm. Estevez has been great. They've had they've had many guys in their bullpen pitching well. I know they've they've had a couple guys been hit around a bit, um, yeah. especially in the last yeah. two games. They've they've taken a couple lumps against the Nationals, but I think overall this is a team that's going to be competitive for most of the season. And, and they have a pretty good farm system, so they're a team that could very quietly make upgrades if they're in it in July. And I. A lot of a lot of teams don't want to give up those prospects, but I think that they have enough talent and depth there that they they're a team that can do that. Um, yeah. As for the Diamondbacks, I think I think they're going to be better than last year. They were they bottomed out really hard last year, as as you know. Yeah, they did. I yeah, think Granky's going to be better. Uh, Shelby Miller, who's injured right now, he's going to be better. Um, I think they showed against the Padres that they're a far superior team to the Padres, which I think we all knew. But I think they're a team that can hang around. I think this could really be a four team race. I mean, save for the Giants, who might be early falling out of it given the injury to Bumgardner and their early season struggles. But I think mm-hmm. it, it's clear the Potters are the worst team in, in the division. And it's clear the Dodgers are the best team in the division. But I think in the middle there's going to be a lot of shuffling. And, and the Rockies and Dimebacks, they can make a run, at least at a wild card. So I think it's going to be an interesting uh, division to watch as the season goes on. Yeah, no, you make a great point about the Rockies and their young um, farm system. They, they have the, the players to upgrade if they need to. Uh, you know, the team that, that's that's the elephant in the room is the Dodgers. Like always, they, they have the farm system. They have the current major league team to, to compete. They're just, you know, they're two games under 500 right now. And you have to wonder that when the time is right, if they just don't go out and, you know, trade Julio or Urias or, and make a big move or, or something like that. And ultimately that's what concerns me and what favors me to predicting them to, to win the West as I guess their fourth year in a row. Yeah. I'm, I'm totally on the Dodger, the Dodgers as a division favorite, but I think, Either the Rockies or Diamondbacks could be a serious wild card contender. Um, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not ready to say they're going to be a division contender, obviously, but I think anything mm-hmm. can happen. So, who really knows? All right, I think Definitely. we should probably uh, bounce back to our team here. I don't want to yeah, drive, drive any fans away here with a, a Rockies podcast. But I, I wanted to talk about Austin Hedges. I mean, I, I like. Wow. To, I think I should take credit for that. I mean, I think Austin Hedges <laughs> should buy me lunch or something. I mean, I wrote that article about him after he started what over twenty four. And yeah, here he yeah. is. He's hit six home runs, I believe, in the last ten games. Um, I think he now leads the team in, with a six home runs. He passed uh, Will Myers the other night. Yeah. Um, what do you have to say about him? I mean, it's it's been a great last uh, week and a half for him. It, you know, it's it's truly amazing, and I am so happy for him that he does not have to hear the offensive comparisons or offensive issue talk anymore. The man can hit. He's going to be able to drive in runs. He's going to be able to drive home runs. He, he's probably not going to be a 300 hitter, but if you can hit 260 and drive in close to 20 home runs with the defense that he provides, that's an all-star. An all-star every single year. I, you know, I, Dennis Lynn tweeted something out yesterday that a rival scout already compared Hedges to Yadi Molina and is basically saying that he's better than Yadi already at, at this point. And that's that's just mind blowing for being so young. It, I'm just I'm really happy and excited because successful teams need a catcher. They need a, a, a 
catcher behind the plate. They need someone to help lead the team, and Hedges is that man. And uh, you know, I'm the Derek Norris days are gone. Austin Hedges is is the man. Yeah, I think I, I've said it before several times. If if he can be even a 240 hitter and hit 20, 25 home runs with that yeah. defense, this, he's going to be one of the best five catchers in the league. I mean, this guy's not going to be Buster Posey. I, I don't even think he's going to be Yadier Molina. But if he can hit 240 and, or 230 even and hit all those home runs and play uh, top-shelf defense and lead a, lead a young pitching staff and, and win ball games, I think this is a great thing for the Padres. And they have to be ecstatic with how he's developed as a hitter. And it's just small mechanical changes that he's made both last mm-hmm. year and so far this year getting those hands up a little higher. He's shortening the swing. I know his swing was, his swing was getting a little long, I think early in the season. Yeah. And he's, yeah. he's coming, he's coming quicker to the ball. He's not, he's not getting as long in his swing. Um, but yeah, I think he's a guy, he, he's on pace for like 40 home runs, which obviously won't happen, but I think he's a guy that can definitely hit 20 home runs. And if, if you have that, I don't care what the batting average is. I mean, I guess unless it's like sub 200, a la Derek Norris, um, <laughs> <laughs> if it's not that, I think he's going to be a, a hell of a player. And, with no offense to Will Myers, he's very quickly becoming uh, one of my favorite Padres. Yeah, no, defensive catchers are so valuable, and and someone that can provide a little bit of pop as well as that is just it's tremendous. You know, I, I I'm really excited for the future of this team, and Austin Hedges is one of the vital parts of it. Yeah, I, I mean, early in the season he was he was hitting the ball well, and I was seeing it every day. I would, I would go and check the uh, Statcast how hard is he hitting the ball, and it's consistently mm-hmm. 90, 95 miles an hour on every hit. So I was like, these these hits are going to start falling. He's just going to make a couple tweaks, and it's going to be it's going to be fun to watch. And last week, you've seen those six home runs. He's just been been crushing the ball. And if he can keep it up, this is a great, yeah. great, great sign for this team long term. If they can have this guy uh, under team control for the next five, six years, and hitting like that, and playing that defense, and and leading a ball club and leading a staff, I think it's it's just amazing news for the team. And I think fans Definitely. should be keeping a close eye on him going forward. Definitely, you, you know, and the, the home runs that he's hitting are not cheapies either. Which is, it's just, I mean, he's hitting the ball with authority, like you mentioned, and that's that's just a beautiful thing. Yeah, I think the only guy really hitting the ball harder than him is is probably Hunter Renfro in terms of the home runs. And when Hunter Renfro does make contact, he's hitting it hard. But, but yeah. Hedges Hedges is doing the same, and I think it's a surprise because I think we expected that from Renfro, but Hedges was a little more uh, uncertain, and we're definitely yeah. being surprised in, in a good way. Yeah, what to, Renfro just puts up some silly stats. I mean, it's just it's amazing what he puts up. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, okay, folks, uh, bear with us. We're going to be back. Uh, we have a stat, a stat, seg, stat segment that we're starting off uh, that we're going to come back with. Um, we have some very interesting numbers to discuss with in regards to Ryan Schimpf. Uh I'm sure Hunter Renfro will get some mention as well. Uh, stick with us. Uh, we will be right back. Thank you. All right, folks, thank you so much for joining us uh, on the 31st episode of the East Village Times podcast. Uh, Patrick and I are doing a solo show right now, kind of getting you guys up with some uh, Padres uh, news here and there. Um, We are going to introduce a new segment of the show, uh, which is going to talk with uh, statistics. Uh, Patrick, go ahead and uh, let's, uh, let's hear some statistics. 
Yeah, I'm always uh, I'm always a guy that loves the uh, the new advanced statistics, all the good stuff. I know some old school fans don't like all this new information in the game, but I think it's it's good to know these things, and it's good to kind of get a better evaluation of players with uh, some of these stats. So for our first segment, I want to talk about Ryan Schimpf. Um, he's kind of uh, a bit of a unicorn in the game of baseball, you could say. Uh, yeah. the, the way he hits the ball, the way he plays. Um, I just wanted to run a couple stats down and um, kind of where he's at so far this year. I know he's been off to a bit of a slow start, um, not hitting the ball very often. I mean, he's been way more uh, patient this year than I think in, in, he was last year. He's not he's not swinging as much. Um, mm-hmm. So so I think the most interesting stat for him is that he has the lowest batting average on balls in play in all of baseball. He has a 88 BABIP, and that's, that's 88, like below wow. 100. So yeah. basically, what that's saying is, any ball that's put in play other than a home run, uh, he, he's he's only he's only going to hit one out of every ten times, basically. So when yeah. he's not when he's not walking, he's not striking out, he's not uh, putting the ball in play for hits. I mean, he's I think he's only got like a few hits on the year. I think he's got what three or four home runs, a couple doubles, a couple singles. He's really not uh, doing very well in terms of uh, no. getting collecting hits. But um, so far. I guess it's sort of worked out for him. I mean, he hasn't really cratered in terms of his performance to this extent. Yeah, I mean, he's keeping his on-base percentage decent, which is good, I guess. But the the, the strikeouts and and like you mentioned, the batting average with balls in play, it's just it's it's silly. I mean, it, I I don't. He has to have one of the, the the strangest stats in all of baseball right now. Oh yeah, for sure. And you kind of just led me in my next one. He's got the fifth highest walk rate at nineteen point two percent. So he's walking yeah. just under a fifth of his plate appearances, and he only really trails guys like Bryce Harper, uh, Matt Holliday, guys that are known for either a re- really good eye or guys that are or, like Bryce Harper and people don't watch yeah. him. Uh, Ryan Schimp maybe not that same kind of guy. He's just he's got such such a good eye at the plate. He's got such great plate discipline. He's He's got one of the lowest uh, swinging percentages on pitches outside the zone. Um, he's he's just very patient. Um, off of that, he's also he. I, I thought this was amazing. He's walked, struck out, or homered in fifty six percent of his plate appearances. So in, in almost all of his plate appearances, uh, th- that's called a three true outcome. For those who don't know, it's uh, walking, striking out, homering. Uh, so he's he's doing those more than anyone else, I think, in baseball. If I'm not mistaken, at least it's pretty close. Yeah. Um, let's see, run, a couple more things I wanted to run down. Uh, highest fly ball, he's got the second highest fly ball rate in baseball. Uh, he's hitting 65.8% of his uh, batted balls in the air, and he only trails Trevor Story of the Rockies, which uh, makes sense. He's a guy that has that big uppercut swing, trying to hit home runs, yeah. of course. And uh-huh. then last but not least, something that uh, Shimp was the leader in last year, and it was not even close. He has the highest average launch angle of any batter in baseball at 34.7 degrees. That that wow. means an average of all the balls he hits is 34 degrees, which is very, very high. <laughs> and he's, <laughs> yeah, he's, uh, Trevor Story's he, pretty he, close behind him, but, uh, that's, he stands alone in that company for sure. Wow. It's, the stats are just amazing. The mod, the modern day and uh, age of baseball and the, the stats that they, they come up with. It's just, it, it amazes me. And it, it really tells a story. You know, he's, He's a fly ball hitter. He is trying to put the ball in the air every single time at bat. I mean, it's it's painfully obvious, and you know, with that type of swing, you're gonna you're gonna swing and miss a lot. And you know, if it wasn't for his walks, he'd probably already be DFA'd at this point. Yeah, I think the walk rate is what's really keeping him uh, in a major league lineup. Although I know Spangenberg's back up and he's gotten some more playing time, so it's gonna be interesting mm-hmm. to see how that plays out. Uh, I'm sure that's a topic of conversation that we'll be coming back to 
several times throughout the season. But yeah, yeah. He's, he's definitely a unicorn. I think that's the best way to describe him. And a lot of people have jumped off the bandwagon, but I think he can come back and recover a little bit. And, and he's not going to be a great player, I don't think, but he can be a, a decent option every day for the Padres. No, it, it, yeah, it's it's nice to have a left-handed uh, second baseman with some pop. I mean, it really is. It's kind of a, a rare thing. And, it, you know, I know he's playing third mostly now, but he has the ability to play second. But he, I don't know. The, the Padres are just constructed so strangely. It, the, the whole team is just kind of off. I mean, we have a lot of right-handed hitters. We we definitely need some left-handed thunder in the lineup. I mean, when you're talking about Renfro, Myers, Margot, Hedges is the nucleus of our team. Those are four right-handed hitters that are going to be here long-term, and, and we need to sprinkle in some left-handed middle-of-the-lineup middle type hitters around them eventually. And I think that's what, what Shimp is, is around for, just to create that left-handed pop that – that uh, they're missing now that Dickerson's hurt and stuff. It's it. I'm I'm just kind of wondering what what the future of the Padres is in three or four years and and what they're going to do to kind of rectify the situation that they they are predominantly right-handed hitting. Yeah, I think that's one of those things that they're going to have to address and probably free agency because if you look down on the farm, there's there's a couple left-handed bats yeah. um, in AAA. Or double A that could be interesting, but they just don't seem like everyday big leaguers. So we have like Nick Torres, uh, Nick Schultz. Um, yep. Lower in the minors, yep. you got Josh Naylor, Brad Zanika. But bo- both those guys are first basemen, and with Will Myers there, yeah, those guys yeah. aren't going to push Will Myers out of first base. So those guys have to do a lot more at the plate if they're going to someday be Def- big leaguers. So definitely. Yeah, that's definitely something long term to look for. I mean, that's something that the team's going to have to address. But uh, yeah. that's that's several years away, so they have time to to make those adjustments. Definitely, definitely. You know, uh, Frenchy Cordero is an- another one to look for uh, oh, as far I, as left-handed I knew I was bat. Someone. <laughs> yeah, no, he's he's really been impressive. I know his batting average is pretty low right now in El Paso, but I think he already has four or five home runs. Um, and and you know, from coming from shortstop and moving to the outfield, he's from what I hear, he's been pretty pretty steady in the outfield. He's he's learning, and it's still a learning process, but. He's making progress, and and you know that that bodes well for his future. Yeah, I, I he's he's one of the guys I'm definitely looking for, and and looking forward to seeing in a in a big league lineup one day. I mean, he's got some work to do, but I think he definitely could reach that ceiling at some point. Yeah, right. no. The one thing I like about Cordero is that he hits left-handed pitchers really well, and mm-hmm. to me that that's that's very that 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 says a lot about about his future if if you can handle left-handers good then you're not going to be platooned you're not going to be forced into that situation where you're just going to hit against right-handed hitters he's already shown that he's got the ability to probably be a major league everyday t- type of player you know hopefully he's still a prospect and there's still a ways to go but little things like that are are, are positive for his future for sure oh yeah i definitely agree all right so let's go uh, let's head from el paso out to uh to the international stage, I want to talk about Louis Robert a little bit, the, the newest Cuban mm-hmm. outfielder. Everyone's uh, hot on. They think he's going to be a, a top 25 prospect in all of baseball. Uh, yeah. I wanted kind of your thoughts on that, and if the Padres – do you think the Padres should be in on him? I mean, I know they still have – they still have till July before their uh, their spending is done for this uh, mm-hmm. signing period. So do you think that's a guy that, that they should get at this point? You know, it <sighs> – at this point, I, I, I would say, yeah, it, he, we're building the farm system. He's He has so much potential. I, from what I've read and seen on him on videos and stuff, the kid can fly. He's got range. He's a very solid hitter, right-handed hitter with potential to be, you know, all-star type caliber player every single year. And, and those players are, are rare to find. And 
when you have a chance to to to, to go out and, and get him, you got to do it. And, and I have to think that AJ Preller is is on it. You know, we've signed uh, Jorge Ona, we've signed Adrian Morhone. They've been active with the Cuban players. You got to think that that helps favor them uh, towards signing Robert. Yeah, I, I think that that's a guy they definitely should go after. I mean, uh, I've heard from several people that the, the Potters really lack that kind of impact position player prospect. I mean, maybe Luis Urias mm-hmm. can be that one day. Maybe a couple other guys can be that one day. Ona, for for one. Maybe Tatis. Mm-hmm. But at, at the top of, uh, if you look at prospect rankings, they really don't have that top-of-the-line guy. I mean, they have Anderson no. Espinosa, and they have a lot of good pitching, but they don't have that position player that's that impact. So I think Robert could be that impact guy. And they've already spent so much money and they've already taken so many penalties. At this point, you might as well just double down and go all in. I mean, there's really no reason yeah. not to. I mean, this yeah, is especially guy... when, when Yeah, go especially ahead. when you're not able to sign next signing period or at least spend the money that you want to spend. You know, there's going to be restrictions. So now's the time. Like you say, go all in. Why not? Yeah, with the new rules, you're not going to be spending more than I think it's – it's going to be like a five or six million uh, cap depending on the team. So this mm-hmm. is a guy that you're not going to be able to to sign. You're not going to be able to just throw a bunch of money at him. So I think you need to get it done, and this is this is your chance in a way. I mean, they have that top three draft picks. You, you can get an impact uh, talent that way. But on the international market, this isn't really going to be a thing that's going to happen as often anymore. And I guess that kind of yeah. le- that I guess that kind of leads us to another guy. Uh, so we're going to go from Cuba. We're going to we're going to fly over to yeah. Japan. <laughs> so uh, the, the, I guess the guy that was the hot topic before Robert a little bit came into the picture here recently is uh, Shohei Otane. Um, he has stated that he wants to come over to America. I'm not sure if that's going to be um, after next season or after this season. I know he's he's currently under 25, so according to the new rules, he cannot come over and sign for whatever he wants. Um, he can only sign those minimum contracts like I mentioned before. I think it's Something like a five or six million cap. I don't know right off the top of my head. So he'd have mm-hmm. to take basically less than that, less than that amount, because that's the whole spending cap that the team has. So he's not. Gonna, yeah. I mean, I guess he's he's worthy of the whole cap, obviously. But he would have to take a serious, serious hit if he chooses to come over before he turns twenty-five. I believe he's currently twenty-two, if I'm not mistaken. So he's still got uh, several years before those rules would no longer apply. So mm-hmm. that begs the question. Uh, given the Padres, I guess kind of, I, I think they've had more of a reach into um, the Pacific Rim. They've they've hired a couple guys um, to uh, kind of, I guess, work with those contacts and, and kind of make a make more of an impression out there. So, mm-hmm. with that in mind, do you think the Padres could be the perfect fit for uh, Otani? You know, I, in in my opinion, I'd I'd much rather go after Robert at this point. Otani. It scares me a little bit, to be honest with you. I don't know if he's going to be a pitcher. I don't know if he's going to hit. I mean, I, he reportedly throws close to 100 miles per hour. Uh, right-handed pitcher, left-handed hitter. Uh, he's got ridiculous numbers offensively in Japan, as well as you know, both pitching and and uh, and hitting. I, I don't know. I, I'm 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 just. I'm kind of skeptical on the fact that they didn't showcase him in the World Baseball Classic. I know he was banged up a little bit. Mm-hmm. I, I'm just I don't I'm I'm not, I'm just don't know if he's really overhyped or if he's really you know the next Babe Ruth like they're trying to trying to make him out as. So it, you know it's it's tough. You know I'm sure AJ Preller and and as you mentioned the the uh, Pacific Rim scouting staff that they've developed, if, if you will, are are doing their homework, but. 
there's a lot of uh, questions uh, involved with Otani compared to Robert, in, in my opinion. Um, I would somewhat agree, somewhat disagree. I think Otani's more proven in terms of what he's done. I know Robert is coming from Cuba. Mm-hmm. Uh, that 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 talent pool is is so dwindled from what it was. He's, he hasn't really played against the best competition just yet. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I understand the, the concerns about Otani. The attrition rate for really international players in general, especially Japanese players. I mean, you just look at look at the past and guys that have come over and kind of fizzled out. Um, so yeah, I, I definitely see the skepticism there. But I think mm-hmm. realistically. Robert's a more a now focused spend that money now. I think Otani's more of a long term play because he's not going to come over at least until next year. I don't think. I mean, mm-hmm. anything could realistically happen, but I think it's definitely an interesting thing to talk about. And both guys have obviously a huge amount of uh, talk around them, and it's definitely a conversation the Padres are a part of for sure. Yeah, no, I mean, looking at Otani's number, twenty one games pitched last year. Uh, he had his career high ERA in Japan at 1.88. Uh, he finished 10 and four and struck out 174 batters in 140 innings with four complete games and a shutout. You know, you're, you're definitely correct in, in in Japan being a higher level of competition. I I, I, I don't know. It's 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 definitely intriguing to what his future is. I mean, he hit 22 home runs and and, and batted 322 in 2016. I mean. The kid can play. It's just a matter of, you know, is he going to be a Christian Bencourt? Are they going to try to pitch him and hit him? I mean, you know, that it's just there's a lot of a lot of questions regarding him. Yeah, there's there's definitely a lot of questions, and I think you you led to that really nicely because I was actually going to bring up Christian nice. Bencourt here. Yeah. Um, I'm learning to segue. I'm learning to segue. Yes, that's a good segue <laughs> right there. Uh, so yeah, Bencourt has been sent down to AAA and. According to, I guess, Dennis Lynn, Andy Green, they have told him that he's going to have his own choice at what he wants to do. I'll read the quote from Andy Green. Um, mm-hmm. I think the ball's in his court on that. I think our recommendation and desire as an organization is to see him on the mound, to see him continue on the path that he's currently on, with almost all the emphasis placed on the pitching side of things. So that's that's a quote from Andy Green. So it seems like – that's only a partial quote, obviously. Mm-hmm. But it seems like they're giving him the opportunity to decide – um, what he wants to do, but I think the thing to keep in mind is they want him to be a pitcher. So if he does not want to do that anymore, I can't see him staying in the organization any longer. And that's something I think we as fans need to come to realization that I think he might not be long for the Padres organization if if he does not want to be a pitcher. I don't know. I have not talked to him. I'm not in his mind. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But obviously it didn't go well in the big leagues. And as I'm watching it, I was thinking – if they're going to do this, he needs to go to double A or triple oh, A, yeah. maybe double A because I know triple A is such a, a hitter's paradise. He, yeah. It's it's really hard to become a pitcher on the fly, especially at the big league level. And he, he, he really got like one full off season to do it. And I think that's, I mean, he got the work in, but I don't know if that's enough time to really make that switch. And at this point, I don't know where that's going to go. I mean, that's kind of a weird thing to tell a player, like, we want you here, but you, you can do whatever you want. And I, I just don't think that's going to work out. Well, if he says no, I don't want to be a pitcher. So, yeah. Do you have any thoughts on that? You wanted to add? No, you you really have to kind of. It's it's really uh, you have to be cautious with this because you don't want to hurt his psyche. Um, they they brought him in. They brought him in way too early. I mean, he had never even pitched in his life prior to last season. I mean, not even in high school, not little league, not college. I mean, he had never thrown off a mound consistently in any, any type of game situation. 
you know, he has the stuff. You know, you can throw mid nineties. You, they're going to take a look at you. But it's, there's a lot more to it than just going up there and throwing. There's there's the adversity that you have to deal with. There's so much in the game that that it just can't even be described. And I, I really feel for Betancourt if 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 he doesn't want to pitch because it seems like the Padres are kind of forcing it on him. You know, he has the ability. I mean, the the man can hit. He 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 can hit the long ball. He has probably one of the most powerful swings on the Padres uh, as far as home run. It's just, it's a fine line. He's still very young. You don't want to damage this this man's uh, ability to play catcher in the, in the major leagues eventually either. You know, it, it it I don't know. I really feel for Betancourt at this point because it seems like they kind of threw him into the situation, and then as soon as he went bad, they just kind of got rid of him, if you will. Yeah, I, I agree to an extent. I think I think he was on board with the uh, change at least initially, and. Obviously, the, the results just weren't there early in the season, so it's mm. going to be interesting to see how it plays out, and it's definitely one of those storylines that's it's going to define the Padres' season, I think. Um, so let's let's move forward a little bit. Let's jump forward in time. Uh, we're about just shy of, I think, two months from the 2017 MLB draft. The Padres mm-hmm. are selecting three in that draft. Um, all the talk is around Hunter Green, obviously. He's He can throw 100. He plays, he's been compared to Alex Rodriguez at shortstop, so... Um, I think the the discussion everyone wants to know is can he realistically fall to the Padres at number three? I wanted your uh, thoughts on that and if that's a real possibility. He, he's, he seems like the pick. I mean, he seems like that is the number one pick that everyone's going to be coveting. Um, whether or not that he will fall to the Padres remains to be seen. Uh, you know, I don't know how much AJ likes him or covets him. You know, it, it could be possible that they try to work out a deal. I, I really don't know how much you know. I, to be honest with you, I haven't delved too much into the uh, into the upcoming class. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know, I'm well aware of who Hunter Green is. I've seen a lot of video and I've seen a lot of numbers on him. And uh, I remember seeing him last season in uh, at Petco at the uh, the um, baseball game they had here, the All American game. He, the kid has potential. I mean, you still can throw 100 miles per hour at 17. That's that's something to keep your eye on. Mm-hmm. You know. And, and and as you described, you know, shortstop with a with a wonderful bat as well. It's another two way player conundrum to to debate. You know, what what is he going to be drafted as a pitcher, or are they going to try to put him as a shortstop? You know, it it's just it, it has to do with scouting. It all has to do with scouting and mm-hmm. what they decide and where they think his future is. Yeah, I'm I am all aboard the Hunter Green train. Um, his family, from from all reports. They've made it sort of clear, I mean, not, I guess, bluntly, that they want him to play in Southern California with the Padres. I mean, the, the mm-hmm. top two picks are Minnesota and Cincinnati, so does the SoCal <laughs> boy really want to go to Minnesota or uh, Cincinnati? So yeah. they've kind of sort of made it public without saying it bluntly that they want him in San Diego, and that's been the talk around is can the Padres really do that? I mean, I know there's there's obviously rules in the draft. You can't trade picks. You can't mm-hmm. promise a player anything that that sort of extent. But Hunter Green has the leverage. He can tell these teams, "I won't sign with you unless you give me this much money." And if they're not willing to give him that much money, and the Padres are, then he will fall to them. But you also have the other side of the argument: if he makes these threats and then they pick him anyway, he has to follow through. If he chooses not to sign, he's hurting himself in the long run. I mean, he could definitely go to junior college and come back into the draft next year, but you're risking injury. You're risking all sorts of things happening. So this is definitely one of, 
I think one of the most interesting draft stories to watch. And even if he does go number one or number two, the Padres have other options. I mean, Brendan McKay is a college player, another two-way player, plays first base, left-handed pitcher. He's just been destroying college ball. Uh, you have Royce Lewis, who is, uh, I guess a lot of people are saying the Padres would pick him third if um, McKay and Green go one-two. I think he was. He's. I think he's uh, went to the same high school as Austin Hedges, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Um, yeah, he, he's the one that Hedge, Hedge uh, wants them to pick him. Um, he's he's definitely a great athlete. Um, there's a couple other guys in the draft. Uh, in the draft, uh, Mackenzie Gore's another high school arm that's kind of gotten a lot of helium lately. So yeah, there's there's plenty of good guys. Either way, the Potters are going to get a talented guy. But I think Hunter Green is is the guy you want. He is a potential face of the, of the franchise, especially given that he's an African-American baseball player, and, and those are increasingly rare. I think he's a guy, kind of how Andrew McCutcheon's been the face of the Pirates, he could be a guy that could be the face of baseball, truly. I mean, he's, got, sure. the, he's got the Sports Illustrated cover at, at the age of 18. Yeah. I read that. I actually just read that today. It was a great story by Lee Jenkins uh, for Sports Illustrated. Um, yeah, after reading that, I just fell even more in love with the guy, and I, I hope there's some way the Padres can make it happen, and if they can, I'm kind of sad they didn't tank uh, harder last year. So, yeah, for what yeah. it's worth, it, you know, it, it it's tough. You know, I for for a young player like that to put those kind of uh, demands as far as you know not wanting to be drafted with the first two players, he's kind of setting himself up financially to to lose and also to kind of lose some face with Major League Baseball. So, you know, it's a fine line whether he wants to start his career being a a prima donna, if you will, and, and telling teams this is who I want to play for, and that's it. And you know, mm-hmm. I, I have to wonder. You have to wonder what what's going to happen come June. But you know, the Padres are definitely going to be on him. At, at this point, you kind of wish it was like the NFL, and we could just trade up for the number one pick. I know, right? <laughs> I would, I would trade. Uh, I'd trade a lot for him. I think. <laughs> yeah, I think I think a lot of teams would, and I, you know it. It is what it is, and at this point, we're just going to have to be be patient and wait. And, and but, like you said, no matter what, who they get with the three pick, they're going to get uh, a game changer. They're going to get a legitimate prospect. They're going to get somebody who's probably going to immediately climb into the top thirty on on their list as far as prospects are concerned. Yeah, definitely. And we we only got two months to wait, so I think we can be patient. All yeah, right, uh, exactly. let's uh, let's do some rapid fire questions. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Let's uh, let's get them. All right, so let's um, uh, let's start with. Uh, I'll ask you the first one. Let's start with. Uh, Corey Spangenberg or Ryan Schimpf, who you got? Ooh. You know, it, it it all depends on – I was shocked in, in spring training when Andy Green moved Spangenberg out of second and decided to give the job to Ian here with Solarte. Mm-hmm. Uh, Solarte's done well at second. His, his footwork's improved. That's what I was concerned about. Yeah. His footwork and his speed obviously going out and, and you know, cutting off balls and, and being the cutoff man and relay man. He's 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 impressed me. He really has. Uh, now, is, getting back to your questions for Spangenberg and Schimpf, I, I am definitely more of a Spangenberg type person. I think that we haven't seen his ceiling yet. We haven't seen what he's capable of doing on a everyday basis. He's just between injuries and little nagging things here and there, and, and just he just, we just haven't seen him yet. While Schimpf and what we saw last year in the, in the half a season is pretty much what you can expect from him if everything breaks right, you know, he's going to be a power hitter with a low batting average, driving runs, 
play some pretty decent defense, nothing spectacular, but I think he's proved that he's got it. He's a, he's at least a serviceable, serviceable major leaguer at this point in his career. Uh, I just think the Spanish has more upside and I'm intrigued to see what that is. Yeah. I'm all aboard the, uh, the Spanish hype train. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I like yeah. that. I like that kind of player, better speed kind of uh, defense. Uh, I, I just think that's a better overall player. I think shrimp is too reliant on the home run ball. He's too hit or miss and, I don't like a guy that could go on extended streaks like that where he's not hitting anything and he's not really providing much defensively. I mean, I know his base running was a lot better last year than I anticipated, but I am more of a long-term Spanj kind of guy, and I hope Shimp can uh, get it going here so he can rebuild that trade value. I think he's a, a good trade asset. Definitely, definitely. Okay, uh, question for you. Uh, who plays left field for this team uh, the rest of the season, say after Jankowski comes back, is it Jankowski's job or are the Padres going to be uh, looking for some other bodies out there in left field? Yeah, this is a weird one for me. I mean, when Jankowski got hurt, I know they called up Blash and I was like, oh, not this again. Yeah. <laughs> not not a big Blash <laughs> fan. I thought they should just throw Cordoba out there and stick him in left and let him do it. But I think uh-huh. now with, with Jankowski, so I think they're, they've been... They've been discussing uh, Spangenberg and Schimpf, uh maybe getting some time out there. So I think that's probably a short-term option. Um, long-term, I, I still have not decided how I feel about the Alex Dickerson-Travis Jankowski conversation. I know that's kind of mm-hmm. like the Ryan Schimpf-Corey uh, Spangenberg conversation because both guys are left-handed, so that's not really a, a platoon situation, and you're not going to bump Margot or Renfro out of playing every day because both guys... I think are everyday players. I know Renfro struggled yes. recently and Margot's kind of cooled off a bit, but I think both those guys need to be playing every day. So mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I want to say Jankowski, but his start was so rough that I just really like seeing him play. He's just so fun to watch and his defense mm-hmm. and his speed. Mm-hmm. And I guess I'll, I lean towards Jankowski just because he's more electric and that's nothing against uh, Alex Dickerson. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Now, at this point, I think it's it's going to be a toss up and left every day. I think the Padres are going to have different different people out there and kind of see what's going on. Yeah, I think that's a, a pretty fair assessment. All right, so let's talk about the Padres rotation. I mm. just wanted to hear, hear your thoughts, uh, how they've done so far. I think they've been, I mean, honestly, they haven't been too bad. I, I thought I thought a lot no. worse. Jared Weaver's been pretty good. I know Justin's yeah. been up and down. I wanted your thoughts on how you think they've performed so far and. And what what the rest of season expectation should be for fans? You know they have exceeded expectations. You know you don't see the national media just palling on the Padres rotation anymore because they're putting up decent numbers. They're they're getting the job done. At this point, we all we all we need is five or six innings from each one of them. At, you know three three runs, four runs. You know you can't expect miracles from them. You know Cahill, Richard, Shaquin, uh, Perdomo, and Weaver. They're a, they are what they are. They're they're not gonna dominate games for you on a on an everyday basis. They're not aces. They're not gonna shut down losing streaks. But if they can come out and compete and put their best best effort forth, it's it's exciting. I'm I'm excited. I I, I had a lot of uh, trepidation when it came to this staff and 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 how it was being constructed. But slowly, they've kind of won me over. I think Cahill's Cahill's strikeout rate is is pretty phenomenal at this point. I mean, he's he just needs to to stop laying down those cookies right down the middle at this point. Yeah. Um, Weaver is what he is. You know, I think a lot of people were were just so pissed off when when the Padres signed him. 
just thinking that okay, this is tank mode. This is tank mode. He's gonna just finish two and twenty and, and just get lit up for the whole year. But there's a lot of uh, a lot of pride when it comes to being a, a major league pitcher, especially one who's pitched for so long. Mm-hmm. And that's definitely carrying him. And he's competing every single game out there, and he's he's doing it to prove people wrong. And that in itself is motivation to to, to take him through the whole year, in my opinion. Yeah, I definitely agree. And for a team that has uh, five number five starters, I'm I'm pleasantly surprised that they haven't been yeah. a complete dumpster fire so far. No, they they've <laughs> they've I I can't complain about them. I really can't. There's there's worse issues to complain about on this team in, in general. And the staff is is not an issue at this point. I mean, we're we're not going to win, so we weren't expecting uh, dominance. But you you know you compare it to last year's staff in the beginning of the year with Shields, Ross, Kashner, and and Kennedy two years ago. But, I mean, we, there's such high hopes for that staff, and look what happened. So baseball is, is, is like that. You you can't put all this expectation into something. You just kind of got to go with it and, and kind of feel it out. And the five pitchers have really – they've really performed. And, and, you know, we haven't seen Friedrich yet. I, I don't know if he's going to come back at any time or if they're going to try to stick him in there at, at one point. But that's another decent – option for them and left-handed option at that yeah they have a they have so many arms and, and none of them are good but they just have so yeah. many of them that it's like i mean they have to get something done eventually right <laughs> yeah yeah seriously okay well let's uh let's talk about carter caps now um he's progressing in his rehabilitation he looks um he looks like he's 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 able to to, to function and, and pitch with his uh, modified uh, motion if you will um, what do you think the future of Carter Caps is, and do you think that he will close eventually for this team? Man, speaking of unicorns, we we come back to another uh, unicorn. <laughs> yeah, uh, Potters have so many unicorns, you know, just guys that seriously. Just, like, they're so weird. I mean, for a team that's so awful, they're so watchable. I mean, they have the young talent. They have a pitcher yeah. slash fielder. They have Ryan Schimpf and whatever he's doing. They have Austin Hedges. Yeah. They're just their storylines. Yeah. They're st- <laughs> More so than in years past. Anyway, back to the, uh, the the topic at hand. Yeah, I think Caps is the guy that's going to close games. Uh, he he may he may I think I've heard reports that he may spend another week or week or two or even longer uh, in the minor leagues. They they usually get up to a month uh, for rehab assignments, so he could spend that time considering he hasn't pitched in in so long. They don't want to just throw him to the fire in the big mm-hmm. leagues. I mean, he's got a, he's gotten most of his velocity back. I think it's more of just working out those kinks. But yeah, I think he's he's definitely uh, the closer long term. And I remember when the trade happened, I said that this trade, this Andrew Kashner, Josh Naylor trade, is, is really going to be the Carter Caps trade because once the Padres can get him healthy and back to form, and once they trade him off, he's he's going to be worth mm-hmm. a lot in a trade once he can prove that he's healthy. So oh, I think yeah. that's definitely something to look forward to uh, this this July if he can get back healthy and perform by then. Um, but yeah, I think he's definitely in line to be the closer, simply to build trade value, if nothing else. Yeah, no, it, it, it makes sense. He's still relatively young, and he was dominant when 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 he was uh, healthy. So there's definitely going to be suitors for him. Yeah, I think he ran a, a near fifty percent <laughs> strikeout rate uh, his last season with the Marlins. So mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. that gets the job done for sure. All for right. Sure. Uh, so last last uh, new segment I wanted to hit up before we wrapped up here. I, mm-hmm. Each week, I want to talk about a, a minor leaguer. I know uh, the minor leagues are something that's way more watchable this year and in recent years than it has been in the past. And there's a lot of guys to keep an eye on. And, and one of those guys that's been just tearing it up <laughs> in, in a double A is Luis Urias. 
Um, I think he, he leads the league in, in just about every offensive category. I mean, he's just been insane with how well he's played. He's got a 187 WRC+. plus. That's weighted runs created. For those who don't know, it's it's basically just a way to measure all uh, offensive events, and the average is 100 in the major leagues. So it's not as not quite the same in the minor leagues, but 187 either way is, is very good. Um, he's hitting the ball. He's hitting more power this year. He's got more doubles, more home runs. That was always a concern with him. He's more of a yes a short guy, almost a Jose Altuve type. I don't like the the comp of he's yeah, yeah. Jose Altuve, but in terms <laughs> of size and the profile, he's he's more Jose Altuve. And as you can see, Jose Altuve grew into power and became that guy. So mm-hmm. if Urias can continue to hit for power and continue to obviously hit for contact, he's a guy that's going to be a fast riser, and he could be up at the major leagues by the time he's 20 or 21. I mean, right now he's 19. So this kid is just so phenomenal to watch, and he's just been so amazing. And and with that with that said, I think he's he's maybe he could be that blue chip prospect, that guy that the Padres need um, long term. Now that now that mm-hmm. Margot's up, now that Renfro's up, now that Hedges is up. Uh, Myers is like that star of the team. Maybe uh, Urias can fit in there nicely. What are your thoughts on him? Yeah, no, I you know I definitely see him as a second baseman of the future for this team. Uh, his contact rate is is phenomenal. His play discipline is is just ridiculous. I mean, he walked more than he struck out last year. Uh, he's currently has nine walks to ten strikeouts right now, which is just right on par. Mm-hmm. You brought up his slugging percentage, which is amazing. He's hitting he's uh, slugging at six oh six this year. Early on, he already has three triples, six doubles, and two home runs. Mm-hmm. He's he's small in stature, but the power is there. And and like anyone, power is the last thing to develop in a major league player. He he's not going to be a speed burner. He doesn't have a lot of speed. Uh, his defense is is pretty solid. There's an outside chance he could see some time at shortstop. That's to be determined um, if he has the range and the arm to do that. But second base. At 19 years old, to be playing in Double A and, and hitting 350 uh, a year after coming off uh, an MVP type season in High A, I mean, the future for this kid is is just phenomenal. I mean, he's been with the system since he's 16. The kid is 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 way way above uh, way above uh, standard as far as his age group. I mean, you're looking at a kid who uh, would be a freshman in college at this point, mm-hmm. or just out of high school, and I mean. The amount of at bats and, and on the professional level that he's already had and, and succeeded in is it, it's, it's tremendous. I mean, of all the Padre prospects, I think a lot of people are, are slowly getting more excited about him. Just being a, a Mexican uh, national player, being being that we're here in San Diego, so close to Mexico, is, a, is another factor that just. I mean, he is going to be one of the most popular Padres once he makes it. I, I think that's pretty safe to say. Oh, definitely. I mean. He's currently ranked uh, number seven in terms of Padre prospects by MLB Pipeline, but I think once mm-hmm. once Margot and Renfro come off the list officially, I think he's, I think he can make a case for number one. I think Anderson Espinosa yeah. will probably be number one. Maybe Quantrill will be up there, but I think he's definitely, hands down, the best position player prospect the team has. And long term, I don't want to beat that Jose Altuve comp into the ground, but Jose Altuve is a guy that came out of nowhere because of the size. Yeah. And Urias is the same thing. Not a lot of size. He's only 5'10", not a lot of power. But if you grow into that power and you continue to hit, this is going to be a very, very valuable big league player. And he's he's a potential multiple-time all-star. And Padre fans should be very, very excited about him long-term. Yeah, no, definitely. And, you know, it, 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 he's right on hitting. And that brings me up to the Myers, Renfro, Margot, mm-hmm. Hedges, Urias. I mean, that's five of your nucleus right there that are right-handed hitters. 
we're going to have to sprinkle in some left-handed hitters eventually if this team is going to want to compete two or three years down the road. I mean, that's just something that's obvious to me. I don't know what AJ's plan is in the long run, but we're going to have to sprinkle in some lefties in there somewhere. Yeah, but too many uh, good hitters is is never a problem. No, no, it's (laughs) definitely not not an issue as long as all the right-handed hitters are are solid hitters. I think think I'll take that over... over A mixed lineup of, of crap, can you, basically. Can, yeah, can you imagine a lineup with Margot, Urias, and Myers at the top? Yeah, like, that I mean, is, that's wow. That's lovely. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, and, and, you, and Urias is, is probably the ideal number two uh, hitter that you want. I mean, yeah, the contact yeah. rate, he can spray the ball all around the field. Mm-hmm. He's not afraid to take the walk, you know, the high average. He's probably the prototypical number two hitter eventually for this team. Yeah, I think that's definitely a good fit for him, and... And he could be a very, very important part of this team long term. Definitely. Okay, folks. Well, I hope you enjoyed our 31st episode of the Padres EVT podcast. Uh, no guests this week. Um, we kind of just uh, implemented a lot of Padres stuff uh, for you guys. Um, please give us some feedback. Let us know if uh, this is something you'd like for us to continue. We are all on board on, on doing this, and uh, we'd just like to have some feedback. Um Patrick, any news or notes? Anything else we're missing before we get out of here? No, just uh, follow us. Uh, we're on Podbean. That's where we're hosted. We are also on iTunes. So please, please, please give us a review if you liked what you heard. Tell your friends about it. Spread the word. Be much appreciated. Um, I'm on Twitter at Patrick Brewer ninety three. James is at EVT underscore News, as well as several other accounts as I've mentioned in the past. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you, you've all seen James. He's everywhere. So, yeah, give us both a follow. Uh, let us know if you have any thoughts on the podcast, what we can do better. Um, always always willing to hear suggestions and always looking for improvement. Definitely, definitely. Uh, thank you so much for joining us on our episode 31. Uh, we have another episode scheduled for tomorrow. Um, I Should we tell them again? Don't want, hey, let's go ahead. Why not? I already have a commitment from him. We're going to have uh, Dan Zimborski of uh, the – God, Zips. I can't even think. Zips. Zips, cre- Zips creator, my bad. The Zips creator from ESPN, uh, ESPN writer. Uh, he's been on our show last year. Uh, he is always a interesting interview. He's got a great personality, and it'll be uh, fun to hear what his uh, insight on the Padres is. Yeah, Dan's a lot of fun. Always, always good to talk to him. So definitely looking forward to it. Yeah, I'm sure he won't give us a hard time about Matt Kemp this year like he did last year. Oh, yeah, we don't have to deal with that anymore. (laughs) (laughs) All right, folks, well, thank you so much uh, for joining us. Uh, EBT Podcast, signing out. EBT is out here broadcasting. EBT is out here podcasting. Question and answer, James and Patrick, ask them. Question and answer, James and Patrick, ask them. Padres EBT Podcast. Padres EBT Podcast.